Hello and welcome to Speaking Spirit, where we talk about all things spiritual. Your host, John Moore, is a shamanic practitioner and spiritual teacher. And now, here's John. Hello, everybody. It is, per usual, when I record these things, uh, morning time. Uh, it is an overcast morning here, but I'm watching uh, the chipmunks. I have lots of chipmunks um, jumping joyously through the through the grass. Uh, looks like we got some rain last night, and I don't I don't know. Maybe they're enjoying the wet grass, or they're hopping about. It brings me some joy. Uh, I love to watch wildlife and birds and all of those sorts of things. Today's topic should be interesting and I hope uh, very useful. And it's definitely, I mean, everything I talk about is essentially near and dear to my heart. It's something that I care significantly about. It's something I might teach about um, when I do classes in person or online. And uh, this is something that is... Uh, important. It, it's a popular topic, um, not necessarily why I picked it, just for its popularity. But today I'm going to talk about manifestation and the law of attraction and all things sort of around that. Um, and I hope that I'm going to offer, because gosh, there's a lot of heat around this topic, right? This topic has been popular for decades, um, going back even before the book and movie The Secret. The Secret sort of made it really popular, but um, there were teachers of Law of Attraction prior to The Secret, um, going back, you know, obviously thousands of years if you go back to to ancient magics and that sort of thing, but um, sort of from the popular route, we have folks like Neville Goddard, who um, I think, I, I could be wrong on this, but I think was active in the 20s, 1920s, so, um, you know, 100 years ago, you know, there was at least some some interest and information about this that was in the, on the popular scene. And, um, you know, on a personal basis, I have used techniques. Um, I've used spiritual techniques of manifestation to create lots of things in my life. Um, uh, jobs, uh, you know, relationships, and uh, you know, money. Um, when I've when I've you know needed some needed some money, it's it's come along, um, and I've used uh, techniques that could be considered a law of attraction to do that. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit. I'm going to talk about sort of what it is where people kind of go wrong with it. So I'm going to hopefully give you some really practical information if you've ever struggled to get law of attraction to work, as most people have. You know, everybody didn't read The Secret and then win the lottery, right? Wouldn't that be cool? But, um, you know, that's, that's just not how it works. And I'm also going to talk to you about where it can go wrong a little bit. Right, um, I have had some things happen that were supposed, uh, you know, supposed to happen. I think everything is supposed to happen, uh, but were unintended, unpleasant consequences of doing manifestation work. So, I'm gonna talk all about that today. Now, 
there are tons and tons of um, techniques of manifestation, right? There's there's the you know the law of attraction work and the secret. There's um, you know straight up what we call magic, sometimes spelled with M A G I C K, um, and you know the the I don't know what you want to call him teacher, author, founder of. Thelema Alistair Crowley uh, defined magic as change in accordance with will, causing change in accordance with will. That's a very broad definition of magic, right? If I stand up and walk over to my refrigerator and grab a pitcher of iced tea and pour myself a glass, did I cause change in accordance with my will? Um, well, we'd have to define will, but sure. Right, and is that is that magic? Even though I did it on a physical level, um, so in essence, everything we do that creates a change that is intentional could be considered will. I mean, could be considered magic. Could be considered manifestation. So, I want to set a little bit of a baseline here and say that um, you know when we hear the word manifestation or manifesting in relationship to spirituality, we tend to think about things that are miraculous. You know, um, you know, I sit down and I pray and a box of money drops out of the sky into my lap or something. Or I sit down and pray and I'm cured of some disease or what have you. And, um, you know, the, true, those things would be forms of manifestation, However, I want to explain to you that we are constantly manifesting. We're just not conscious of it. And at a very real level, so let me, you know, let me explain. So you're, you're um, hearing, you know, you're hearing me speak some words and those words are, you know, maybe creating pictures in your mind or you're just, you know, in getting the meanings of the words, but are you really hearing me speak? What's happening is some, you know, I'm on my end, I'm creating some vibrations in the air with my vocal apparatus, right? With my vocal cords and my mouth and my tongue. And then those go into a microphone, which translates those vibrations into into electrical signals and those electrical signals are being recorded digitally so that's those are being translated into series of ones and zeros and gosh a whole bunch of other things happen they, you know they go online you download them and sort of a reverse process happens those ones and zeros are changed into an electrical si- signal that is uh, creates vibrations in the air. They hit your eardrums. Your eardrums translate those into electrical signals into your brain, and your brain creates words, sentences, meanings, perhaps pictures out of that. So, out of this, your consciousness, your consciousness is manifesting my words and voice out of thin air, out of, out of vibrations, 
Um, that doesn't mean I didn't speak these words. It doesn't mean there's not uh, this reality, but you are you are creating your internal experience of me speaking these words and anything that you see, touch, taste, hear. Your entire experience of the universe is within your consciousness. Right? We overlook that because we live this on a day-to-day basis, but that in itself is a miracle, right? Some electrical signals can come in create some vibrations in the air, and your consciousness can experience a symphony. You, some, you know, electromagnetic waves can strike your retinas in your eyes, and your consciousness can create a sunset or a butterfly or a painting or what have you. So you are creating everything Everything that you experience, you are creating inside your consciousness. You just aren't aware that you are creating it most of the time, right? Because our, our, what we consider our conscious mind, the you know the awareness, the little voice inside our head, our ego, right? Our our ego, which is the little I, that thinks we are separate from the world and not connected to it, separate from the universe and not connected to it. Um that experience of I tells us that we are separate from the world, that the world we're experiencing is objective and, you know, everything we're, we're the subject and everything we experience is, is the object. And we're not, we're not creating any of this. We are experiencing objective reality. Um, but ask two people who witness the same thing, the same event, to describe it, and you will get two very different descriptions of that because they have different viewpoints. They have different aspects of consciousness. They have different experience filters through which everything um, everything comes in. So I, I think what I want to express fully here is that you are a co-creator of the universe. You are... There is a divine part of you that is creating your entire experience of the universe, and that is happening using this field of attention or field of awareness we might call consciousness. And you are manifesting constantly everything you experience. Um, You're just not necessarily doing it, you know, I can, you know, I may, or depending upon how uh, flexible I am with my attachment to my ego reality. You know, if I look at, I'm holding, you know, I'm holding a cup of coffee here. I'll have a little sip. If I stare at that cup of coffee hard enough and I play with my brain enough, can I man- can I change that into something else? Can I... Um, you know, what we might call hallucinate that into something else. Um, and probably I could. Um, would I be able to hold, you know, make that stable? Would I be able to turn that into um, a bag of gold, for example? We'll use, an, you know, old alchemical thing. Can I turn my coffee cup into a bag of gold and have it stay that way permanently? Um Probably not. If I, you know, I probably, 
I, I'm not saying that's not possible because ultimately, ultimately everything is possible. It's another idea I want to express. Ultimately, everything is possible. Um, and I could hallucinate, and I, you know, I use that word sort of loosely because we're constantly hallucinating the outside world, right? We have no, we have no real idea of what the outside world is actually like. We just have the ideas that are created in our our consciousness. Okay, uh, and I'll give you some, I have some examples, and we could break it down into physics and physiology and all kinds of stuff, and study it and measure it and do all of these things. Um, ad infinitum. Okay, so I I studied martial arts for my whole life, and when I was younger, um, in my my youth and up through college, um, I studied the Japanese martial art karate, right, empty hand way karate do, and one of the things I might have to do from time to time is to break a board, you know, punch through a board or chop through a board or kick through a board or whatever. Okay. And so, um, on a conscious level, if I aimed my fist, let's say I was punching to break a board, if I aimed my fist at the surface of the board, um, my body and everything else aligned with that would not, um, you know, would pull back or stop or, you know, however it worked out, it would not break the board and it would probably hurt my hand pretty badly. But if I was able to, and this is the real, um, this is the real reason why they break boards in martial arts. If I was able to focus through the board as if the board was not there, um, my fist could pass through it relatively effortlessly. Um, you know, yes, I would have to punch it. I would have to hit it pretty hard. I would you have to use proper technique. All of those things are important. But the most important thing was the change in consciousness, the change in focus and attention that's required to do that. Um, and there's, you know, there is, uh, you know, there's all kinds of things we do to train that, to hit through a target and that sort of thing. So that's the secret. Don't go out punch boards without learning the proper technique, please. Um, but yeah, proper technique is important, but even with proper technique, if you don't have the correct... So proper technique, the physical aspect, and then there's proper technique, the mental, emotional, spiritual aspect. Um, so I want to recognize that we are beings of pure spirit that are expressed in physical reality. Um, I'm not going to say that physical reality isn't real, but our experience of physical reality comes 100% through our consciousness. And I'm using that term over and over again, consciousness, awareness. Um, and how much of that, you know, the question is how much are we passive receivers and how much control do we have over that? So on one level, we have a mind, we have a body, we have a spirit, we have a soul. We can make all of these different layers of, uh, you know, layers of ourselves, right? And, you know, our mind, we're able to experience thoughts, we're able to experience emotions, feelings. Feelings happen in our body, in our mind. 
And all of these things, there's a lot of crossover, right? Where does our mind end and our body start and vice versa? And as science learns more, we find, you know, things like neuropeptides in, in lots of cells in the body. And they talk about the gut being the second brain of the body. And most serotonin is produced in the gut area, not in the brain. So, you know, the, these things, these, you know, this overlap between mind and body um, grows every day with the more that the more that we learn. So one of the things about manifestation for me um, is that I find that it works better when all of our parts are in alignment and working together, meaning our body, mind, and spirit are doing the same thing, just like in karate class when you learn to punch through a board. Okay? Now, I could maybe... I don't know, I've never been able to do this, but develop telekinetic powers and sit there and use just my mind to break a board. I don't know. I think anything is possible, but I've yet to be able to do that. Be a useful skill if I could do something like that. You know, I wouldn't have to um, reach for the TV remote if it was too far away. I could just move it, move it with my mind. Um, and... You know, have there been people in history who've been able to do these miracle things, you know, just think something and produce uh, some effect, physical effect out of thin air? Yeah, pro- yeah, absolutely. I-, I believe that for sure. You know, we hear all of these stories of different types of miracles. and um, But I don't think it's just a mental thing. I don't think it's straight-up mental energy. I think... Um, you know, mental energy combined with spiritual and some level of physical energy working together creates the greatest impact. I often talk about human beings um, because we're complex systems of, we're, we're systems of systems. Um, I'll use a car analogy pretty frequently because, uh, because it's helpful and, and, you know, even if you don't own a car and don't know necessarily how internal combustion engines work, you can, you can, you've had some experience and can, can understand what I'm talking about. So let's say I want to get from, you know, I want to get from the state of Maine where I am now, which is in the north, far northeast of the continental United States. And I'm going to drive to Southern California, a trip of approximately 3,000 miles in my car. Okay, so my navigation system works, right? I've got, um, you know, I've got a good GPS system and it works and it's got everything mapped out in my car. But I don't turn the car on. I don't start the engine. And I just sit in my car and stare at the navigation system um, that's probably not going to work for me, right? And so I've got to get, you know, I've got to turn turn the engine on and actually use the navigation system to drive across the country. Well, let's say that my tires are no good, right? Um, no tread on the tires and, you know, one of them is going to give out in 100 miles or so. 
am I going to get to where I'm going? Well, probably not because, um, you know, again, there's, there's another system that's not working in the same way. Um, so even in, even in martial arts in, in, you know, in the karate analogy, I can have my entire body going in the same direction, moving towards a target to break a board. But if I turn my eyes in a different direction as I'm doing that, if I'm not looking through the target, it's not going to work. Um, it's a weird thing. I've demonstrated this to um, students with not with having them hurt themselves on a board, but with different uh, different techniques. When I've been teaching, I'm like, okay, do this now. Just turn your eyes in a different direction, um, and the energy just changes, and the technique becomes weaker, and because there's no focus there. So, my point is to truly manifest things, to truly get things to work, um, we want to get all of our systems working together. We want to get body, mind, and spirit working together. Um, and I realize that many people's ideas of um, miracles or manifestation have to do with stuff just happening without without doing, without physical interaction. And that is that is true and that does happen. Um, I'm just saying in the beginning, it requires a lot of discipline, effort, focus, that sort of thing. So you give yourself a little you give yourself a little advantage um, by taking, we call divine action or inspired action in the beginning. So many people think law of attraction is about sitting on the couch and thinking real hard and a box of money dropping into your lap. And again, that's possible. It's very possible. Um, is it probable? No. So what we want to do is increase the probability of what you want to manifest. So I'll give you an example of a time when I was looking for work and I was looking for um I was looking for a job and I wanted to have a I wanted to have a good job and I had certain criteria it had to have certain types of benefits and all this it was very very specific and you know I went out and I tried just the physical route right I sent out 200 resumes and um, contacted all these companies and nothing, 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 nothing happened for months. Close to four months, maybe. I don't know if it was the economy or, you know, whatever. My resume was terrible. I didn't change my resume. So, you know, and I'm getting more and more frustrated. I'm trying to force things. And then I remembered my manifestation work that I'd done years before and worked on getting into a state of allowing this to happen. And within a couple of weeks, I had gotten four job offers, um, two of which I had to, you know, wound up being close enough that I had to decide between two of them. Uh, they both had amazing benefits 
one of them was more money than I had ever made in my life and more, but it was what I intended. So intention is key here, what I intended to manifest. And so, um, so I accepted it and, and took that job. So, um, what happened was I got into a space of allowing, I used some of the techniques, but I had also taken physical action. In other words, when, um, and they, I w- I'll also say that all of these companies came to me. I didn't apply, I didn't apply, actually apply to any of them. They all came, came kind of looking to me through, you know, online sources or whatever. And, um, you know, it was amazing because I, I, as things started to align, I sort of said, I would like to get four offers. I got four offers. I would like to get an, you know, an offer of at least this much. I got an offer of that much. I would like to, um, you know, have these benefits and, and received those benefits. Um, but it didn't happen until I sort of let go. But I did have to, you know, obviously when they contacted me, I had to take some physical actions. I had to respond or or they, it wouldn't have happened, you know. I had to send my resume. I had to interview. I had to do all of those things. I had to take all those follow-up actions. But it started with my intention and it started with letting go. And I will give you, um, you know, I don't know if this is a technique you know or not. But I will, I will give you a, a technique that I use sometimes when I'm trying to um, manifest things that works. Um, it works wonderfully for me. Um, so I, I sit and I think about, I think about the thing that I want to manifest. Let's say it's, um, you know, it's a job. Let's say, um, and I will say to myself, remember when I got that job. And I will imagine that I got the job in the past, that I already have what it is that I'm trying to manifest. And how? And then I ask myself, how did I feel when I got that? How did I feel when that manifested? And that, um, that little technique, I find, really aligns mind and spirit. In the spirit world, time is really flexible, Time is really, our experience of time is really attached to matter, you know, and so in in a non in the non-material world, time is sort of loosey-goosey, very flexible. So again, I think this is, you know, part of law of attraction is you have to act as if you have already or, you know, imagine or generate the feelings of and the feeling is important, the, the emotion is important, of already having the thing that you're trying to manifest. Remember when. That's the, that's the technique that I used. Remember when I got those four job offers, and how did that feel? And I imagined, made up a little story, scenario in my head, felt really good. Now imagine when one of those offers, remember when one of those offers was this much money and you accepted it. And then I, you know, I go in and imagine that and then release attachment to the outcome. That's a big step. Attachment tends to push things away a little bit. So 
let me give you a couple of hints and a couple of caveats when it comes to manifestation and law of attraction. So one hint um, that, you know, when I've worked with students or I've worked with people on a mentoring or coaching basis and they're working on manifesting stuff is that you need to allow the universe to work out the details of what you're manifesting. Um, you don't need to, but if you do, um, it's going to happen quicker in ordinary reality and it's going to be easier. I'll give you an example. Let's say that I wanted to manifest um, 100,000 US dollars. And I say, I will receive a check from the bank for 100,000 US dollars on Tuesday in June on, you know, such and such a day at, you know, 3.45 in the afternoon. And, um, you know, the reason I'm going to get it is this and that and this and that. When all I really want to do is manifest $100,000. So a better intention is, you know, remember when I received $100,000 out of the blue unexpectedly. And you, um, you know, the spiritual teacher Lester Levinson used to say, let go and let God. You make your intention and you let go and let God. Um, I'll use the term the universe because I think that the word God can be sort of loaded. Um, but I'm talking about the same thing. The, the all-pervading consciousness and manifester of the universe. God or goddess or the universe. Um when we let go of the details, things manifest easier because if you think about all of the things that have to happen, the universe will follow kind of a path of least resistance, right? So every condition you put on something creates more resistance. Um, and this is not a doesn't create resistance in the universe, but it creates resistance in your ego, in your interface, like becomes less and less possible for you. You know, unless you completely undo all of your conditioning from the time you were born until now, um, every condition you place on something you're trying to manifest will make it more challenging for you. Not to say that it isn't possible. Again, everything is possible. Everything is possible in consciousness. You could get that check from the bank, $400,000 on Tuesday, and the reason could be the bank. You won an award at the bank or something, 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 something. Um, the problem is if any of those things, if you don't perceive any of those things as being true, like the bank doesn't have an award, the bank doesn't hand out $100,000 checks just at random, that sort of thing, um, again, you're not getting your body, mind, and spirit into alignment. Your belief is not going to be there. So um, that being said, you can manifest. It is possible to manifest very specific things. Very, very specific things. Um, I'll give you an example of a caveat, though. 
So here's, um, you know, here's, here's something from my own life. So, um, I had a relationship with someone. I knew this person, they were my friend. Um, they were, well, I won't get in, I won't get into more detail than that because I don't want to, I don't want to give away an identity or, or anything like that. But, um, I knew I had a, there was a woman who was, who was a good friend of mine and, um, I'd become single again and I, um, wanted to have a relationship with this person. She was, I found her attractive and intelligent and we had very similar ideas about spirituality and similar practices and, and all of these things. And I'm like, I am going to manifest a, um, you know, a love relationship with this person. And boy, did I, you know, um, head over heels in love. Um, we moved in together for a short period of time, but the relationship was a disaster. Um, the relationship was tumultuous. Um, this person had, um, what I think is a, a very severe undiagnosed mental illness. One that is sort of easy to, easy to hide sometimes, but, um, you know, then comes out in relationships and um, just ended horribly, disastrously. Um, kind of messed up my life for a period of time as well, right? Because what I didn't manifest was I didn't manifest a loving, kind, um, wonderful relationship. What I manifested was I want a love relationship with this specific person. And, you know, um, so, you know, it happened and it was an important thing for me to learn to, to understand, to learn about, uh, the power of these things. So, um, one has to be careful when, um, manifesting, about being really specific about things and you can manifest something specific, but you know, it might not have intended consequences. Um, you know, and we can always tack on for the highest good to our intention, right? For everyone's highest good. I would like to manifest a hundred thousand dollars in a way that is for my highest good. You know, um, and maybe this relationship was for my highest good. Maybe I needed to learn something about trust and boundaries and that sort of thing. Um, that being said, you know, uh, so the tip then is to um, really, like if you're trying to manifest something uber specific and you're trying to control the details of how it's manifested, that's e that's very egoic. And the ego is the part of you that doubts manifestation happens, that doesn't think you're creating the universe every second of every day. That's your ego that says you're separate from the world, that you're not connected to everything. Um, and, uh, you know, the ego is not evil. It's just not necessarily correct. And everybody has an ego. I don't care how enlightened you are. You still have an experience 
of the I as a separate being. You might have more of it, an experience of, <clears throat> of non-duality, of interconnectedness. That can, that can sure happen. But I don't think the sense of I as a separate self goes away while you exist in a physical body, while you have a physical body. Even, you know, you might not identify with the ego as much, and that's kind of a weird thing, right? Identifying. You identify as the separate self because the thing... Ultimately, it's, you know, I'm getting a little deep here, but ultimately it's the consciousness that provides the identity of who you are. And so moving towards um, spiritual wholeness and spiritual alignment, and um, I don't necessarily like to use the word enlightenment because that has very different meanings for for different people. And in some worlds that has a very technical meaning. So I could potentially be using this word wrong, but moving towards enlightenment, um, part of that is disidentifying with the ego. So you understand you have an ego and some people don't understand that they have an ego, but first you understand you have an ego. You have a sense of I as a separate self but then you disidentify from that. You say that sense of I is not who I am. I have a sense of I, but I am not the sense of I. I am the thing that perceives the sense of I. I am the conscious field that perceives the sense of I. I have a physical body, but I am not the physical body. I am the field of consciousness that perceives the, pers- the physical body. I have a mind and I have emotions and I have thoughts, but I am none of those things. I am the field of consciousness that perceives those things. So the more you identify with what we'll call beingness, beingness is that field of consciousness that just exists. Your sense of existence, not as a separate self, just as as being, the more you identify with that, the easier manifestation becomes because you're not as tied to the ego as a separate self. And the ego as a separate self is the the part of, you know, has been trained since birth that, you know, magic and miracles, you know, happen. Maybe Maybe you were taught from birth that they don't happen, that they're not possible. And that's the thing too, right? So all of these beliefs are tied up with the ego. Everything that you hold to be true, even if you look at your hand in front of your face and you say, this hand exists because I can see it, that's a belief. It may be true, but your experience of that as truth is a belief. Once we start breaking these things down and disidentifying, um, manifestation becomes more effortless. The more we identify with the ego, the more we say, I am a separate self, completely separated from the universe, 
and I am just a receiver of the world as it is around me instead of a creator, you know, instead of the entire world that I experience existing inside my consciousness. The more you identify with the ego, the, the um, more challenging you will, the more challenges you will experience when trying to manifest or use law of attraction or perform miracles or perform real magic change in the universe according to will. Um, on a on a very real level, you are you know, as a, you know, as a separate self, you are a spark of divinity. You have this spark of divinity within you. I shouldn't say you are. I should say you have the spark of divinity within you. So you are a co-creator of the universe. The more you understand that, the more you identify, the more you identify with beingness and identify that you have this divine spark and that you are not separate from God, the universe, the creator, the field of consciousness, Brahman in Sanskrit, right? In some, um, in some traditions, um, some Advaita traditions, they say Atman is Brahman. So Atman is the individual soul and Brahman is the oversoul of the universe. And in some traditions, they say there is no difference. And I honestly believe that. I, I do believe that. I've had um, ex- some experience with that. That we are not separate. That we are all connected. We are all one. So, you know, just to, just to wrap up, um, you know, remember to get ego out of the way a little bit as much as you can. So as much as you can identify with consciousness, Um, get body, mind, and spirit in alignment, take divine inspired action. If, you know, um, and again, manifestation isn't about necessarily, um, doing nothing. It's just recognizing that doing is happening and that doing is in alignment with, um, with being and having, (laughs) you know, that, that could be a little confusing. I understand being, doing, and having. You can't stop being. You can stop doing, and you can stop having, but you can't stop being. So start from the place of being. Identify with your beingness. Identify with your existence. Understand that the quality of your existence is consciousness or the ability to perceive, to be able to pay it, you know, have attention is um, sort of volitional consciousness where you place your intent, attention and where attention goes, energy flows. So wherever you place your attention, that's where your energy is going to go. Again, there's the, the, you know, the karate analogy. Focus through the target, and the target. It's almost like the target isn't there. The board, you break the board. As much as you can, get the ego out of the way. You do that by identifying with beingness, by identifying as the field of consciousness that you are. 
And then you can play the remember when game. Remember when suddenly $100,000 came to me. How did I feel when that happened? And generate those feelings inside your field of consciousness. That sort of aligns everything. That makes, you know, it's sort of like, um, you know, clearing the tracks, clearing the train tracks so the train can pass, pass you know, um, unimpeded. So that's, those are my hints and, and caveats and um, little, you know, technique for law, law of attraction work. Um, it's important stuff, and it might seem mundane, but it's important to understand why we manifest and why we focus on manifesting um, beyond the fact that I'm going to get stuff. I'm going to get stuff I want. I'm going to have a life that's comfortable um, and happy and have everything I want and be rich and whatever. Beyond that, because those are all worldly concerns and all of those things, relationships, um, everything else are temporary. Everything is temporary, right? What is not temporary, anything that is not temporary is your beingness is that um, when you manifest, you're demonstrating to yourself, to all parts of yourself, that yes, you are your beingness. Yes, you are a conscious co-creator and an intimate part of this universe. And that is a direct experience of spiritual truth. There are lots of ways to directly experience spiritual truth. This is one of them. It happens to be an important one. This is a return to your divinity. This is a movement, again, away from ego. Again, it's a movement away from identifying with the small I, the small I, which is our sense of maybe I am the body, maybe I'm really identified with my body, or maybe I'm really identified with my thoughts. Both of those things are super temporary. How long does a thought last? Right? How often does our body change? And someday we will die and our body will go back to the earth or maybe we get cremated or or what have you, but the body components will be broken down. But that essential immortal part of you that is divine, that's the that's the important part to identify with. And doing manifestation work um, helps that along. It's a lesson that you probably, if you are listening to this podcast and you're trying to do these things, it's a lesson that you're here to learn. You're here to learn how how you are a co-creator. How you, how you are part of divinity. Split off just so divinity can experience things and learn and grow. 
So with that, I hope that you'll um, take some of this to heart. I hope that you'll um, practice. I hope that you'll manifest great things. Uh, contact me. Contact me through my website, which is main, M-A-I-N-E, shaman, S-H-A-M-A-N, dot com. If you have any questions, if there are topics you would like me to talk about on a future podcast, I would be happy to do that. Um, I would like to get back to having some guests. Um, I took a short break from that for a period of time, um, but I will have some more guests because I think it's fantastic to have some different perspectives out there. Anyway, I love you all. I wish you well, and we'll talk to you next time. listening to Speaking Spirit with your host, John Moore. For more info or to contact John, go to mainshaman.com. That's M-A-I-N-E-S-H-A-M-A-N.com. 